Welcome aboard. I'm Brad. I'm Eric. And I'm Scott. Welcome to My Ship Story Podcast. This is a podcast where we invite crew members, both past and present, to tell their stories about life at sea. So come up to the pool bar and grab a drink. Sit back, relax, because it's time for My My Ship Ship Story. Story. (laughs) God, that was terrible. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we've got an exciting guest. His name is Alex. Is it Pillipeach? Yes, you're right. Did I get it right? Yes, okay. you did. I, I've tried to say that for, you know, about 50 times for the last uh, 20 minutes when I did a sound check with you, just trying to make sure I didn't get it wrong. But Alex is actually coming to us today from Croatia. Wow. Across the world, many hours and uh, many, he's already at nighttime there. Yeah, and we're at in Croatia. Uh, I'm on the on the kind of western part of Croatia. It's just like 45 minutes from Italian border. It's just like an hour and a half from Venice. There you go, something like that. Oh, oh nice. Right. Oh, wow. One of my favorite places is Venice. Yeah. yeah. And that's got to and, and my And one of my other favorite places, if you've never been, um, get to Dubrovnik. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. That yeah, is yeah. an awesome place to visit. Hey, before we get to Alex, let's check in with uh, Brad and Eric and see in, uh, what's happening in their neck of the woods because uh, we just got done with this freeze from a horrible freeze record setting in Oklahoma. It was uh, uh, at one point, it was the coldest place on the planet, out freezing Antarctica and Siberia, and it was a minus 28 Fahrenheit. So that's was horrible. But Brad, Eric, what's going on with you, uh, Eric? Uh, well, my car stuck in the driveway <laughs> on that ice and snow, <laughs> um, even though it's not very steep at all, but my tires got to the ice and there was, it's not all wheel drive. So what's going on, Brad? Kind of recovering from the, uh, aftermath of the, the big blizzard, uh, just came back from my renter's house and she's had, uh, frozen pipes and, uh, they're not frozen anymore, but, uh, they're obviously broken because I, my well house is completely filled with water. So mm. it's like, I've got oh, a little no. plumbing to do. So I guess it could be worse. That is not going to be fun. Hey, this is uh, yeah. actually, uh, this is all around. Anybody can answer this. What the hell happened to the crew bar? Have you guys been following this? Yeah. Yeah. I saw that on Facebook. The, the group disappeared. I mean, it's a very active group with probably between 60 to 100,000 people in there. And it's, I, I, you know, I see the post all the time and it just disappeared. So I don't know what happened. I'm sure somebody broke a rule somewhere and they're probably in Facebook jail. (laughs) I I think they're probably banned or removed or something. Like you said, it had over 60,000 people. And there was, what would they say, uh, a while back, we saw that they were posting a couple of hundred posts a day. So, uh, but you know, right before this podcast, uh, within not even, it hadn't even hit 48 hours yet, but they're already back up to, um, a little over 10,000 people. Oh, really on a new one? Uh, well, they renamed it the crew bar because nobody got the name in time. So I thought, man, what an opportunity we missed. (laughs) We could have walked into 10,000 members. Well, Hey, uh, let's get back to the show today. We've got Alex and he is coming all the way from Croatia. So that is pretty cool. Pretty far away. I love it when we get the, uh, the, the, you know, we've had somebody from South Africa, uh, now Croatia, you know, it's, it's really cool to do these on the other part of the world, but Alex, what's happened. And, and, and another thing before we get started, we don't know Alex, uh, none of us know Alex and uh, it'd be interesting to figure out Alex's story. What's, uh, you know, how he got on the cruise ship and what he did and all that kind of stuff so alex welcome to the show well scott thank you very much uh it's honestly a pleasure to 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 have a chat with the people who shared kind of similar 
I would say years on the seas and uh, like I will, I, I was, and um, especially in these quarantine times, you know, you always look to, you're going through some old stuff that you have, some souvenirs and so on. And then you remember certain things and, and uh, from the cruise ship. And then uh, all of a sudden you have uh, some kind of a need to talk about it with somebody. So <laughs> I spent many yeah. days many days now calling some people which I haven't heard for probably, I don't know, 10 to 15, some of them even 20 years. The oh, other wow. day I spoke I spoke with a friend of mine who was with me on the Nordic campus in 94, just at the first contract. And I found him actually. Oh, after wow. wow. It is it, uh, after 25 years. years. 25 years, yeah. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. And yeah, to relive yeah. all of that and talk about the old days and stuff, it, it kind of triggers, you know, things that you probably haven't thought about in 25 years. So, Alex, so, uh, um, we don't really know your background. So tell us a little bit about, like, where you came from and how you got on ships and what did you do? On the 1993, I finished my military obligation in Croatia, which I had to do. You know, those days were still the war in the in the area right. and so on. So once I finished that, I was sitting in the local pub with a best friend of mine and we were going through some uh, some newspapers, some magazines and so on. And I've seen there, there is advertisement, crucial workers. And I said to myself, well, this could be interesting. <laughs> and we found out through our agent that in next two to three weeks, there is some kind of an interview in uh, in Austria. I kind of uh, lent some money from somebody to, to, to get for a trip with a, with a bus to Austria. And we, we had the interview. And funny enough, on that very first interview, he passed through the interview and he was just like so casually dressed and everything in the jeans. And I was like thinking too much. And I I, I, I took uh, with me on a trip and the, and the beautiful suit with the tie on and so on. I wanted to leave the good impression. So and I and I failed this 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 interview. But <laughs> that interview was for the for the for the celebrity cruises actually for the apple cruises they they had the special they had separately the the white staff you know the waiters and assistant waiters uh-huh. and royal caribbean had his own so two weeks after there's a new interview in slovenia which i passed and already that thing that i didn't end up on the on, on the bad cruise line was very very lucky for me so i was very lucky from the beginning so before i sign on on the Nordic Empress, I remember us that we came to Miami and straight away, my my glasses were steamed. Once I walked out of the airport, I never been to America. It was a complete shock with with the temperature and everything else, and with the big cars, which I usually used to see only on the on the Hollywood TV series such as mm. Sledgehammer and so on. It was funny time. We went to the airline hotel, which was very near airport of Miami, and there we stayed for two to three nights. And then they call us straight away to the Royal Caribbean headquarters. So you, so you first got on the Nordic Empress in 94, you said? Yeah. Nordic Empress was doing then uh, three and four day cruises uh, from Miami to Bahamas. Yeah. I think that's Nassau the same Provoca. same time I got on the Empress was in 94. Because I started That's 90, what I told you that you look familiar and, to me. I think yeah. I, I've seen you around the ship, you know? 
that's cool. And you were uh, you were hired as in food and beverage. Yeah, I was hired as a as a system waiter or a bus boy. That the title was a bus boy. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Back in those days, they were bus boys. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? Let's uh, let's do this. Let's just jump right in and and see what stories you have. Alex, just tell us your uh, your shit stories. We want to hear some good stories because I don't think that we have anybody. We've never had anybody from food and beverage. So, yeah, you're our first food and beverage. You're our first person from the dining room. So this is this is great. Yeah, we love it. I'm sure you guys had just as many wild stories as as we did. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, guys, uh, my name is Alex Pilipich, and this is my ship story. So, I will tell you just a couple of a uh, couple of ship stories, actually, which are they, they are not necessarily connected one to the other one, but they're pretty funny, you know. So. 98, I was on the Song of America, which was probably my favorite ship. We were doing the cruises out of the, out of New York to Bermudas. And we had those beautiful three overnights in Bermudas. And then we were going back to the New York. It, it won't be, be, be too much of importance to you guys because you don't follow soccer, but it was a World Cup in football, soccer, yeah? Mm-hmm. In France and Croatia was for the very first time qualified because as as a, as a separate country from Yugoslavia they were pretty good and I knew they were good. So in the dining room, all of a sudden, you know, you, we had then so many nationalities then, and uh, there was a really very very good guy from Jamaica uh, called Patrick, and he told me like, because he never heard about Croatia at all. He told me and, and uh, Croatia that day was playing with. Uh, with, with Jamaica, when Jamaica was the very first time, I believe, on the on the World Cup as well. And he told me, oh, you know what, bro, I can bet you're going to lose. Yeah. I said, well, I don't know how Jamaica plays, but believe me, Croatia is a pretty, pretty good team, you know. And then he said, you know what, let's bet to one bottle of crystal champagne, you know. And oh, I'm sure you know how nice. the crystal champagne yeah, was. Nice, and, yeah. Yeah. And be, and then, and I said, you know, there's seven, eight, or even more Croatians which were working in the dining room at that time. Over there. I said one bottle won't be enough, my friend. <laughs> so we had to we had to increase this bet to two bottles. And I said, let's go for the two bottles. And he said to me, no, you know what? Let's go for three bottles. And then we shook hands. <laughs> we shook hands, and uh, yeah, Croatia won that night three uh, one without looking for him after the dinner. He just showed up over there with real chilled three bottles of crystal uh, in the big ice bucket. He actually, you know, congratulate us, and he wished us the the best uh, tournament uh, that we could have. And actually, Croatia ended up uh, third in the world. That they we, they played the semifinals. They were, and that, that's kind of a cool story for me. That's yeah. cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I were... stayed and drank some with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we 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 had some. We had more than that. I, I believe uh-huh. later on, if you remember from the from the, the dining room managers, they didn't have those days the laptops and so on. They had the typing machine, uh, you know. Yeah. But. Uh, from the office, from the dining room manager, there was a paging system which could go all, all around the bloody ship. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> obviously, a little bit wasted later on. 
I end up in the dining room manager's office and I start around two o'clock in the morning. I woke up entire ship, like saying, I believe the modern butterfly dining room or whatever in the name of the dining room was open. It's open now for your lunch. Please come. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there were some stories which I actually didn't happen to me, but I've heard them from my fellow colleagues, waiters, and so on. And one of those stories was uh, about the helicopters. I don't know if you heard that that's quite fam- famous story around the ships. So obviously one of the waiters was, I wouldn't say cocky, but it was a little bit of a smart, smart ass. So one <laughs> of the guests, one of the guests, <laughs> they asked him, so guys, where are you sleeping on the ship? I mean, uh, do you, what do you do? And, and he said to the guest, like to the older lady, like, you know, we have helicopters coming up every night to pick us up from the back deck. <laughs> and then we go back to New York and then later on in the morning, they bring us back and then we come to work every morning. <laughs> <laughs> and what happened is next day, this poor lady went to complain to the person that she can't sleep because of the helicopters on the, <laughs> the noise. Oh, man. Yeah, I thought I you were going to say actually, that. I have heard that one before. You have That's a classic. Hey, uh, Alex, uh, let me let me ask you this. Um, uh, working in a dining room, did you guys ever, do you have any stories you're remembering of any uh, passengers that were just not very friendly or hard to take care of or yeah there, there was it, it was it was challenging i would say i'm gonna tell you just one little story about that as well you could just imagine thanks god i was promoted very fast later on to to a head waiter and the dining room manager and so so on so i didn't have to deal with that like uh, because uh, when you have station of 16 people, I would say, so, so the guests, I was there waiter. The guests, they came, first of all, for the first sitting, they came one hour and a half light, you know, mm. and yeah. those days were in the sittings, as you remember. You had yeah. first and second sitting, and you, you don't have to be punctual to be right there on the second, but it would be nice if you could be there in the first five to ten minutes of the first sitting. Otherwise, it's a mess in the kitchen, and it's a complete disaster. So they came for the... For the first night, we had all these guest manifests from the person's desk, and I knew exactly the names who is coming on my desk, on my tables. And I always wanted to to straight away to impress them, you know, with the with the, that I know their names already, even they, they didn't even been to my table yet, you know. So I would love to introduce myself and so on. So I I probably take five to ten minutes of my time. I didn't have a chance to do that with this guest. However. They came late for an hour or maybe even more than an hour. They brought with them probably 15 to 20 bags. We are talking about one big family of 16 people, which were share. They, they had two tables next to each other. So they, they brought the they, Wait a minute. They brought their bags? Bags. Like bags, bags full of full of different stuff, such as yogurts and so on, you know, to put it back in the pantry because they use special kind of a special kind of products. They don't want to use the products which we are offering them from our galley, you know. So cookies and so on. And on each product, and on each product, you would have, I don't know, on the on the on, on little cake, you would have a name, I don't know. Uh, Mary and so on, and she would tell me, "Okay, this is mine." She had me one back, so I firstly I spent more than forty-five minutes to go back in the walk-in fridge in the galley and ask the chef for the special shelf for me, 
that I can store all this stuff. And well, later a on, nightmare. this complete disaster. I had a head waiter, two head waiters helping me, and two bus boys. On and station 16 is not a big station. Station 16 is, it used to be one middle range station. I was going back and forward, sweating like like a dog, honestly, in order just to kick them out before the second sitting cup. I was exhausted already. And, uh, and this on the is the end first of, night? That's the first night. Oh and on the, end of the, on the end of the dinner, so this one lady, she said, okay, Alex, everything was more or less fine. Uh, how come that we are the last ones here? And, you know, and I tried to explain them. Well, you know, just for information, kindly, I would like to ask you if you can be tomorrow here between the 6 and 6.20, 20 past 6, because the 6 o'clock, the, the doors are open for the first sitting. So she said, uh, well, I don't know. I don't want to say nothing. I don't want to uh, promise nothing for the rest of my family. I will be here. However, you know what? Do me one just little more favor. Go back in the in the galley and bring me. There is one little yogurt. It says Mary on it. It's a vanilla yogurt, sugar-free, whatever it is. After all this stuff, I went back all full of sweat inside of the uh, walk-in fridge for 15 minutes, going through the, all the Lexon boxes <laughs> and between 150 items searching for this bloody yogurt with the name Mary on it. <laughs> and serve it on the plate, on the like a li- little dessert plate with a teaspoon on the back. And I opened it, of course, for her. You know what she did? She took one spoon, she took one bite, and she covered it. She told me, now you can put it back. <gasps> oh. oh, oh my, my God. God. Was this the first uh, passenger that you strangled? Well, this, <laughs> I, I, the, other ones, the other ones, I don't even count. There was just, I, I, I actually uh, kind of put it in my head. This is part of my job. Everybody has his own challenges in, in their own jobs. And this is part of my job to, to handle such situations. But this was a little bit more extreme, which was actually provocating and, 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 and checking out how much I can, I, I can, I can go through without snapping, I would say. You know, we, we had talked wow. about this a little bit about this um, a while back, and it, it is props to every nationality other than American, whether you're from Turkey or Italy or Croatia or Jamaica, you know, all the wait staff on, on I mean, I only know Royal Caribbean, everything was, yeah, no problem, no problem. Yeah, you probably went, you know, in the galley and it was like, I freaking hate these people, but you came back out and everything was great and no matter you know this mary that was a disaster you guys handled it and you were sweating and and as much as i think or we think that it's ridiculous for someone to treat anybody like that if you were an american and that happened that you probably would have been fired like because we would be like what's wrong with you you're not going to eat all that (laughs) you know (laughs) Wow, I just can't believe there's a reason why there weren't American waiters on those ships. Uh, Even though I I know eventually they did hire some, but the ones that we met, they were not going to, I don't know, I can't imagine they're still there, but they, they, you could tell they weren't going to wait because they'd be like, you're crazy. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. What what was she like for the rest of the cruise? Because I was night one. (laughs) Yeah. It was it was challenging because uh, the very next day they asked for they wanted to have two more raiders. They didn't know the the way the operation functions. You know the method they can't give you five waiters to wait on two tables because all these waiters you know their wages were working they were working for right. fifty dollars a month and <laughs> the rest awesome. was just tips. You know remember the old envelope yeah. system 
Yeah. yeah. And in those days, we had still the common cards, if you remember them. Uh-huh. Yeah? For us, it was crucial. crucial. For us, it was crucial. You should, you could actually, I would say, count on your two tables, like on your little own private restaurant, how good you are, how good comments you get, bigger station you're going to get, bigger station you have, more money you make. You know, like this was the system which was working and it was working perfectly those days. I have to say thank you, thanks to the ships, because Right now, it's helping me a lot because I do a completely different job. But the experience in, in meeting that many people in the social intelligence uh, area, I would say, mm-hmm. for me, it's so easy to read the people. Let me let me just jump in here and kind of set the stage a little bit because this was back in the day, 93, 94. This was back in the day where the waiters, I mean, the waiters' base salary was $50 a month. Yes. Everything they made was tips. That was exactly. it. And these yeah. guys, these guys, these waiters, um, well, I was on the smaller ships, but they were they were rock stars. They entertained, they did everything, they worked their ass off because they they knew if you don't perform, you're not getting paid. But if you if you do a great job, man, you make some bank doing that waiter stuff. They yeah, Alex, it. how long did you work on cruise ships? Uh, till two thousand and seven. Was that a little okay. bit over thirteen years? Right. So then you saw the change from individual cash to like the pools, the gratuity pools. Yeah, it was gratuity. It was a kind of prepaid gratuities when I right. left. Prepaid okay. gratuities. But uh, they were not mandatory even then. Like right. you could, as a guest, you could go on the person's desk and say, I don't want to tip nobody. And they were not mandatory. I don't know what's the story now. Yeah. Right and, now. And, uh, and the comic cards, like, you know, that was, in, I think, in every position, housekeeping to, yes. you know, cruise staff yeah. division, waiter, wait, uh, bar staff, you know, that, that if you got mentioned in the comic cards, like if you were mentioned by name in a bad way, it was, you were doing good not to be fired, but comic cards were very, very important. Being from 94 to 2008, did you see a significant drop in tips, even though they did the mandatory, not mandatory, but you know, the, the standard tipping? There was a, there was a couple prepaid. of increasing, prepaid. I would say. Huh? They were prepaid and there was a couple of increasing, I don't know which year exactly, but they increased three and a half dollars per person per day. And I think it was going from worse to better. So with this prepaid, but uh, they should in one way maybe keep the common cards just to just to kind of uh, control the service quality. As I said before, I was on the navigator of the seas two years, three years ago, and I've seen the waiters walking around with beard, which was absolutely impossible to have beard when I was there. Yeah. But not just waiters, even the personal staff and the, and the, and the crew staff, you got to be joking. Yeah. What kind of beard? Not even mustache. You know, I had problems because I had some funky glasses because I was always wearing glasses. What kind of glasses are you wearing? I say Italian expensive ones. <laughs> well, you know, they're too funky. As you are a metrode, you shouldn't wear glasses because the glasses like those because people won't take you seriously. I said, don't don't worry about it. There was, um, I believe, Robert Taggart, the hotel director. I was then a or restaurant manager. Uh, but the, overall, it was fun because 
at certain times you were also I felt proud of myself for how how much did I achieve and how how much did I learn over the years and then you would get I don't know younger uh, guys uh, I don't know from all over the world and uh, you have to show them something how the things are running over there and the operational and at one point I remember one funny story I believe that was on the explorer of the seas that was already later on so this was like this Turkish guy and I believe there I was head waiter then I believe and the, the, the waiter was inside of the galley so they asked the busboy the new hire the guest asked the busboy the new hire so what because they were bored with the menus in the hand like what, Murat what do you recommend for tonight uh, Murat straight away said Modo lobster excellent excellent you have to try <laughs> And so, and the lady said, but you know, myself and my daughter, we were, aller- were allergic to shellfish. And he answered them back, don't worry, mother, my head waiter, Alex, take the shell off for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my God, that's too funny. You uh, you started as busboy. What, uh, how far did you work up to? I, be- I went up to restaurant manager, Benjamin manager, the best. Thing which I was doing was startups. I was in the startup management team and the revitalization management team introducing Portofino operation, for example, to Nordic Campus. And I've done the startup with uh, Voyager, Explorer, Navigator, Adventure, and Brilliance, I believe. So all those startups with uh, your ex-guest, he was then a chief purser, Gary Davis, and uh, we used to share drinks and and and, and the good times in, in Turku, Finland. That was really funny, especially on the Voyager. Voyager takeout was, I believe, a legendary takeout because the whole crew and staff were there, I believe, more than a month and a half earlier. And we were all in the hotels and we all had some kind of trainings, uh, starting with diversity trainings in the hotels. And uh, but it was real because Voyager was something. Voyager was like a, like Titanic, I would say, in, in the history of the of the importance of the cruise ship business. I would say so. But, but do you think did they purposefully do all that training and get everybody there a month in advance, or was the ship delayed once everybody was there? So they decided, well, we have everybody here. Let's do all this training. Let's get them all ready to go because. That is super expensive. I've never heard yeah. of a new build having the entire team there a month in advance. That's like that was that was only on the Voyager. Later on, already on Explorer. You're right. It was very expensive, but I think it was a huge, 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 huge thing for the cruise industry because it was the first ship. And later on, for us, once we experienced already the Voyager and we were part of the startup team, it was much easier to bring up the operation to the Explorer. But the Voyager was uh, extremely challenging. Uh, I'm almost certain that the ship from Finland was a little bit late because of a fire on the cruise ship in the in the in the shipyard. And but we still sailed. I was then a very first waiter Italian. That was the name of the position, waiter Italian, because Portofino was uh, open as a first venue or restaurant besides the main dining room okay so you're saying portofino is the name of like a restaurant specialty like a specialty specialty restaurant that's what i'm trying to okay right and so did the because later later on they started having all these specialty restaurants all over the place just have the one main dining room 
Yeah, right. Portofino, so Portofino was the first one, and I was the first waiter Italian. Who I, my father is uh, Italian, so I have two nationalities. I have two passports, and I speak Italian as clear as Croatian, obviously. But uh, as I said, uh, and uh, and uh, the the Richard Fain came to the restaurant, and he was very disappointed. Uh, design-wise, how it was designed and the quality of the interior and the entire, uh, the, the, actually the, the, the restaurant was built without the kitchen because somebody, whoever was projecting that was very smart and thinking that we're going to, uh, I don't know, deliver don't the know. food from the main from gallery, the main, oh, seven, seven floors below, you know? Wow. Oh, oh, no. Wow. That is just insane. Yeah. Oh my God! They so there was no separate galley for the specialty restaurant. There was no separate galley, so we used the Benjamin galley, which was also it was not a solution. No. However, we sailed wow. on the date when we supposed to sail with I don't know maybe hundred or maybe little bit less contractors on, and they rip apart Portofino. And by the time we yes. came uh, to United States, it was uh, so on the crossing in these twelve or thirteen days. Every day they were working in Portofino and the new designer came and they made it really nice and classy because, because of the detailed approach from Mr. Fain. And he, I, was, I wasn't impressed as well, like with the other venues on the ship. And you came to Portofino, it looks special to the restaurant, but it looks... Because well, that's when they started to charge extra for the specialty restaurant, right? So if you expect a guest to pay extra for a restaurant... You need to like up, amp up the quality of the food, the way and the way that looks. You want it to be special because it's a specialty restaurant. So, but that's shocking that they took it apart and re- and put it back together and, and fixed it up and turned yeah. the crossing. In, wow. in about 15 days, the restaurant was fully operational without, still without the kitchen. It was working and the guests, they, they, they didn't know that we don't have a kitchen. We had an exit from the restaurant, which, uh, which actually bring us through straight to the wind jammer galley and we were taking the food out of there so they did they eventually during a dry dock did they eventually put a galley closer or no actually like that today uh i believe that they the separate kitchen for the portofino restaurant of the voyager but i already left to the next ship which was explorer Mm -hmm. and that's where i actually get promoted to the restaurant manager already it was me teaching and on explorer was different on explorer they built the kitchen straight away just open open small galley where you could see actually inside of the from the restaurant inside the, the the chef's cooking and that was actually quite charming oh. as well wow. for the guests seeing the kitchen stuff inside well it's glad that they got that fixed on the next ship but i couldn't imagine anywhere putting a probably a michelin type of restaurant without a kitchen or a galley yes. area to fix it that's just uh i agree with wow. you scott because those days with the first uh special restaurant on the cruise ship the company was aiming very 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 high in the quality about about that uh, about these restaurants and the quality was really high. I believe if the if this kind of restaurants they were in Miami or anywhere else on the shore side, they would definitely have uh, a Michelin star because they were that good and that good quality and service was impeccable as well. And um, it, 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 I have lots of stories from Voyager. For example, I'm going to tell you this one is pretty funny as well. Uh, we had one table for two in the in the, in the on the verge of the seas, which was very close to the entrance. But it was the uh, the new year of two thousand, 
then, okay? So and we call this table Y2K because I don't know why. We just call it Y2K. And there's, there was a reservation for two at this table, which is very close to the entrance. And it wasn't, as, as I said, particularly a good location like those tables by the windows and so on, like everybody uh, uh I usually request. Was the was, uh, was the was the lady's name Mary? No, 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 no. This <laughs> one, this, this one was completely opposite. And I wait on that table, and I wait on that table because there was just four waiters and four assistants in Portofino's those days. So it was eight eight staff incomplete for around eighty to ninety people per night in the beginning. However. And they were really nice. I even though I was looking forward to finish and to completely set up my station and go and party with the, with my girlfriend and with the rest of the guys, you know, celebrating the new year, the year of two thousand. Mm-hmm. I had a chat with them, and the, the guy probably was in his thirties uh, or thirty five years old. I was saying she was older. She was older. I remember, and she was beautiful lady, uh, kind of Persian looking, and she was probably 15 to 20 years older. And he saw on my name tag that I was from Croatia. And he says, Croatia? Oh, said I have some relatives in Croatia on the island of Tres. And I said to him, okay, yeah, I have a house near and so on. So we start chatting and so on. And the lady looked at me at one point and on the table was VHS tape and some kind of a honestly dodgy bracelet not worth it looking at it at all. You could buy that in, in, in Mexico for 15 bucks, I would say. So since you're so kind, she said to me, I'm going to let you hold this in your hands. I said, so what is that? I said, this is a bracelet. Yeah, well, I see it's a bracelet. So she said to me, oh, Alex, I'm going to give you a hint. This belongs to to American king. And I you know what I, I know, I, I studied. I know that America was never a kingdom. So what the hell is she talking about? <laughs> and then later on, she said to me, this bracelet, actually, there was a present for this new year from my boyfriend, obviously from, from the guy across the, the table. And he bought it on an auction. It was a bracelet which belonged to Elvis Presley. And by king, she meant... Oh, uh, king. And he paid for that over fifty thousand euro dollars, and that straight away, straight away, I, I get the goosebumps. All of a sudden, listen, please, I'm gonna hand this back before I break it. <laughs> <laughs> that's wild. Oh, wow. Sorry for yeah, that's cool. sorry for saying that you're breaking. Did you $15. did you say thank you? Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if if you didn't notice, that was a really bad Elvis Presley impression. It seems I, like Scott is not the only one that can do bad impressions. I was gonna say, I think we're all bad at doing impressions, whether it's accents or impressions. Where... I thought about doing an English Elvis, but I, I don't know if I have that in me right now. I know, I, I know Sparrows. just how to make the impression of the Turkish waiter uh, going back from the table when the, when the, when the guest asked him something extra. So it was like, yes, madam, yes, yes. Of course, of course. And then straight away, <laughs> he turned his back and said, Bitch, one another sees a salad. How can I shoot someone I'm going to do it? Oh, man. I have a question for Alex. Um, can you... Can you take us through like the day of a waiter, like back when you were like a, a full-time waiter, like what, what was your day like? Because I, I think people that don't really understand how ships work and don't understand how the dining room works, don't understand what a crazy, crazy day you guys had 
every day. <laughs> well, I'm uh, I'm glad that you asked that. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna run you through uh, embarkation day in New York on the Songo America, for example. So the first sitting in the morning on the embarkation day, and I believe that the we were opening for the first sitting breakfast at six thirty. 6.30, so which means that you have to wake up around... Uh, like 5.30 around, or so. 6.15. 6.25. Quarter to six because you have two roommates or three roommates and you, and you need to wait uh, in order to go and use the bathroom in your cabin, you know, to prepare yourself. So you need to wake up at least 45 minutes early. Uh, <laughs> now I'm once I'm, I'm talking about that. Please remind me later on. I have a good story about that too. About this, about this waking up and, and using the bathroom with, with your fellow roommates. But anyway, so you, check in was around six o'clock. You get your station ready, and then you have uh, first sitting till eight o'clock. Then you have half an hour, I believe. It was uh, the setup time for the second sitting. 8.30, you open for the second sitting. You finish about uh, 10.30 by the last guest leave. It's 11 o'clock. You don't leave the dining room. You have to set up for lunch. Uh, Songo America, for example, didn't have the Windjammer. So the lunch was uh, four or five sitting, sittings, uh, buffet-style lunch in the dining room. So you have that would last like till four o'clock. Uh, for 4.15 and 4.30 or four or quarter to five was bow drill already. So you go straight away from the dining room to the bow drill. And then after the bow drill, if you catch enough time, around half an hour to go and take a shower because you have to be at six o'clock for the first sitting dinner. So six o'clock dinner, 8.30 second sitting dinner. And then you finish again at 11 o'clock. And of course, quarter to midnight, check in for the midnight buffet till two o'clock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, so, yeah. This is, this is why, this is why American waiters never lasted because ask them to work a 20 hour day was just crazy. Yeah. And yeah. folks remember, this is what, this is, you know, you come to the dining room and all of your wait staff are happy. They look good. They smell good. They're, they'll do anything and everything for you to make your life perfect in your meal whether it's breakfast lunch dinner snack midnight buffet everything perfect yet for what six months in a row they're getting maybe yeah. if they're lucky four hours of sleep a day i mean almost yeah, it was, four or five hours it was, it was long hours probably i would say uh, regularly you would work around 15, 16 hours a day and the vacation day probably about 18 hours, but effective 18 to 19 hours so effectively, which means that you were on your, on your feet for so, so, such a long time. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah just, I mean, uh, that's just an amazing for a person to do that. That's why I really wanted to point this out, how hard they work in the, in the dining room and, and how rock stars they were because Yes, in the galley, they had long hours like that, but they didn't have to be in front of the guest and entertaining. 
guest. Were you still doing the flaming Babaloos then? Or yeah, was that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, wow. I was uh, the only white Caribbean boy dancing with a cake on my head. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that. Did so you Alex, have a, a friendship with a guest? I had a friendship like that uh, with some of the guests. Since that wasn't allowed, I, I don't want to go through that story because it, it was a lady. So, so <laughs> and, and connection with the with the guests and the, and and the, and the staff was. So forbidden. tell us uh, everything about that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? My wife is is is, is, is right here. <laughs> so Alex, you did mention you had a story for us getting ready uh, in the mornings. Was this a time when you guys? had your own there was four in a cabin and you had your own bathroom this wasn't the old communal bathroom days yeah i i think south america was um, uh, crow caribbean's first ship which had bathroom uh, in, in the cabin so four people in the cabin would share one bathroom which was okay which was okay four people you know? wait a minute oh that's a lot yeah. So you, you had four people in one cabin? Yes. Oh, wow. On the Empress, <laughs> I shared a cabin with, uh, you know, we were in the stage department with three people. There was three of us in a cabin, and I was about to go out of my mind. I'm like, this is, I can't, no. Yeah. And anyway, so this story, which I wanted yeah. to say, which was quite funny, I shared a cabin with one more Croatian guy with one English guy. I just remember this story because we were talking about how was how was my day and uh, what time I would wake up. So I remember myself right now. So this Croatian guy, he was very, very, very neat and extremely preoccupied with his appearance. With his appearance. So he used all these kind of little gels and uh, lotions and creams on the face. And uh, <laughs> once he would get out of the bloody bathroom, he would look like a movie star. Honestly, at six o'clock <laughs> in the morning. So he has to wait. The best thing is to wake up before him and do your stuff what you need to do in 15 to 20 minutes. Otherwise, 45 minutes, you can't walk inside because he is bothering himself or whatever he is doing. The other roommate was completely opposite of this one. It was an English guy who actually would sleep in the uniform sometimes. shout out to sleeping in the uniform again guilty as charged yeah (laughs) we just discussed that about how pursers man we'd go and have our nap time and we just you know (laughs) we'd not even bother taking the uniform off just crawling bread with the uniform on and and what was funny about First of all, the first time when I signed on the on the Song of America, the very first breakfast I came in, I came dressed up with my old uniform. And I see around and the, and the, one of the guys does me, he asked me like, where are your Bermuda shorts and, and the socks? And <laughs> I thought, honestly, I thought that he's, uh, he's uh, kind of taking a piece of something like, because it's impossible. Like, I come on, you won't tell me that everybody comes to work for breakfast and lunch. They're working in shorts and uh, and, and jackets. <laughs> and actually it was true. So I went back down to the laundry and I had to buy from, I don't know, from provision or somewhere the uniform. And you have, you, you, you actually get three of those large Bermuda socks and they're all the way to your knees. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bermuda no, shorts, Bermuda shorts. Yeah, so this 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 uh, roommate of mine woke up in the morning, you know, and he was already ready to go to work, and he started pulling up his his socks, but they were like probably three to four days socks. They were already crunchy, so <laughs> so he made a hole in his sock, and he asked, 
Oh, bloody hell, Alex. You know what? I have a hole in my sock. And uh, do you have the spare ones? And I just said to him, listen, I just I just now used the last pair. I have to go to the laundry after the lunch and uh, in order to have the fresh one for tomorrow morning. So what he did, because he didn't have a spare socks, he took the paste for the shoes, the black one, and he actually kind of put it on his leg and put it <laughs> the black sock on top of it so you don't notice. There you go. That's how it was. You know? <laughs> I have uh, one more story. We came to Coco Cay and my my roommate was Zelko. Zelko, or, or everybody were calling him Mr. Z. He was engaged to uh, a girl. She worked in casino, and he worked in the in the, obviously in the dining room. And they they never had kind of hours that they could go out together and so on. And um, <laughs> one time, he forgot that she's off next day and that was the day in Coco Cay. And usually we used to go and play volleyball on the Coco Cay and have a couple of beers and go back to work and go back to the ship, small nap and back to work dinner. She, she, I'm coming, I'm coming to, to the corridor and she's over, all of a sudden pissed off in the corridor or holding this ball in one hand like this. And he's coming out of the cabin and she told him, Zelko, I told you I'm off today. I want us to go alone on the beach and take some sun and kind of relax. I said, but you know what? I promised to the guys that we're going to play volleyball. Next time we're going to go and take, you know, and, and, and go on the sunbed and so on. But I'm off today. I told you that six days ago. At one point she took the ball in one hand and she told him, okay, or ball or me. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously he took the ball and he went with us. You know? <laughs> and she was pissed off still. But it was just a funny, funny, funny thing, you know, to see live. You know, it's another one which was very fun that uh, uh, we went on the, I think it was already, they took us to islands between Denmark and Finland, if not, if I'm not mistaken. It's Where was called that? Oland. Oland the islands between Denmark and Finland, Oland Islands to do the training for the lifeboat commander uh, okay. on the startup team. When we were opening, I believe we were opening Adventure. I'm not sure, but with a small sporty plane, we went there on that island over there and they had all these, you know, artificial pools which are creating the big waves and winds uh -huh. and so on, as if you're in real situation that you have to, I don't know, turn over the life raft in the sea together with these special suits, and we were jumping in the in the freezing water over there. There was winter time over there, and and myself and Gary Emanuel, he was a person as well, a good friend of mine. And we, and we we passed through that test together. It was like six, seven of us. But uh, that was probably the best beer I ever had after a day <laughs> of training, you know, going back to the pub at, at the evening and uh, having a, a, a pint of beer after swimming all day in these bloody pools. And they throw us off, you know, that a little, it's not a crane, but you know. Like it's a, a slide that goes... Exactly, the slide. They drop us off from 14 meters. Jesus Christ! Wow. I wouldn't go. I, I would never try that again. They actually, with the velcros, they tie up your head, your stomach, and everywhere. And you have like those, I don't know, sporty car seats, you know, like Formula One. They look like a shell, mm -hmm. just like 
in order to, to keep you as safe as possible. But flying through the 14 meters, oof, that was that was a quite an experience as well. Well, somebody somebody on a on a, it was a Royal Caribbean ship, and um, the 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 boats that slid off, someone had died from they were doing that in the ocean off the ship and it had hit and the person wasn't buckled in at all, but they went and broke their neck and they, uh, they died. Wow. That was a, I, I, I wasn't, I, I'm not <laughs> sure if it was the Royal Caribbean ship that I, I didn't hear about that. When was that? I mean, it was in the nineties. In the nineties. We'll I have to ask Murph. He remembers all of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your business. Go ahead and plug it while we're at it. Cause it yeah. sounds cool. Do you, have a, Do you have a name or a website? Yeah, it's called Babalu Design. If you heard about the Babalu. <laughs> Babalu. <laughs> oh my God, that's great! That's great. The best for the last, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the last, that's awesome. Is that really Babalu the name of designs. it? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I'm that's serious. cool. Is that is? Do you have a website? BabaluDesign.com. <laughs> babaloodesign.com that's so awesome everybody I, I, be sure to go check out yeah. babaloodesign.com babaloodesign.com i'm go going to check it out when we're done we'll be go i'll be going to check it out well alex uh -huh. thanks for being on it was great to have you on the show an absolute privilege looking forward to hear some other stories from other people i'm going to contact a couple of my friends and yeah. give him uh, have them give, give them your contacts and uh, so they can have be guests in your podcast as well awesome oh, that would be great. Well, that would be that great, would be great. Love it. thank you hey, so much take again care of you too yourself. thank you and thank congratulations you. on you. your job and i'm about to go search uh, babaloodesign.com yeah go ahead <laughs> <laughs> we'll see bye you for now all right bye. ciao bye bye ciao that was really cool. I really that love to see people awesome. take their experiences and just use that experience uh, to develop something even better and bigger than uh, than what, where they were at. That's just fantastic. I love hearing those type of stories, like success stories like that, that people just, you know, it's not just an experience, but they're using that experience to further their careers. They're yeah. learning from it. And it doesn't matter if you, you know, you, you were working on a cruise ship, whether you were a purser in the staff or crew or, or galley or whatever, it doesn't matter. Whatever you chose to do that was away from the cruise industry, something that you've learned on the cruise ships is relevant in your current exploration of whatever job or field that you're in. Hey everyone, the ship is about to set sail, which brings us to an end for today. We hope that you enjoy the podcast. For bonus audio and if you would like to see this podcast and video, please visit our YouTube channel, My Ship Story. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as My Ship Story. Don't forget to let us know if you're a past or present crew member and if you have a story that you would like to tell or if you like, you can email us your story for us to read on the air. Email us at myshipstorypodcast at yahoo.com. That's myshipstorypodcast at yahoo.com. Goodbye for now, and be sure to tune in next week, same time, as we'll have a new podcast every Monday. Bon voyage!